0: Well, good morning! Thanks so much for joining us. A cold Tuesday morning. Ooh, man. Extreme cold warning in effect for Saskatoon, Regina. No warning in effect, but it's cold. Don't you? No one gets away from it today. Uh, cold weather is here. A bit of a roller coaster, actually. Cold snap for a couple of days. A blast of warmth coming through the province on Thursday, um, and then it just kind of up and down through. Uh, you know, I would say the first couple of weeks of March as we. Uh, Get through February and into March. It's uh, quite the rollercoaster weather-wise. Well, we've got a full show today. The federal government announced yesterday it's going to work to bring forward online harms bill, which is focused on protecting our children. I think there's some good steps, actually, in this piece of legislation. I do fear that partisan politics is going to cause problems for this. We're going to speak with a law professor who will help break this down for us. We will talk about housing, the housing crisis being felt in every aspect of Canadian housing, affordability, interest rates, low-income housing, even shelter space, all related in some fashion. Dr. Mike Moffat, quickly becoming a housing advisor for provincial leaders, for federal leaders. He will join us this morning and we'll hear his ideas to see our way through this crisis. And of course, teachers. They're stepping up daily strike action. There's different actions happening, rotating strikes, removing lunch hour supervision, extracurricular supervision is being removed, and it's happening in different parts and segments of the province. Is this the right strategy? We're going to do a pulse check with you in the province, open up the phone lines and have a discussion about that this morning as well. Time now for the Big Talker. Let's get out of this, Michelle. And welcome. Let's begin the Evan Bray Show, the Big Talker. Well, it's been three weeks since the coroner's inquest into the deaths on James Smith Cree Nation. Eleven people killed, seventeen injured injured at the hands of Miles Sanderson. That inquest, a discretionary inquest called by Chief Coroner Clive Wayhill, he felt it was in the best interests of both the community for James Smith and Weldon as well as the province when it comes to healing to get some answers to different questions. We heard three weeks of testimony and discussion. 29 recommendations came from the jury and the presiding coroner, Blaine Bevins, in that case, all really directed at agencies and communities with an attempt to prevent the same type of tragedy from happening again. Police corrections, patrol, social services, even James Smith Cree nation, uh, all part of the recommendations. Now, Anytime someone dies in custody of police or at a correctional center, there's a mandatory inquest that happens. And that is what is happening this week. Miles Sanderson was in hiding for a few days following that tragedy. It became one of the province's largest manhunts, which eventually led to them locating Miles Sanderson on the highway in a stolen vehicle just outside of Saskatoon. He was taken into custody. And if you'll remember, almost immediately after he went into medical duress, and died in hospital shortly after. The inquest is happening this week in Saskatoon, and our senior reporter, Laura Fominoff, will be following this every day. She was there yesterday and joins us live now. Laura, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Thanks
0: so much for having me, Evan. So set the stage for us. Day one of the five-day inquest yesterday in Saskatoon. How did the week start?
1: It began with jury selection, as it did during the first inquest. Uh, The room, even though the weather was really bad in Saskatoon yesterday, the room was absolutely packed with potential jurors. Uh, There were six jurors chosen. Uh, there are three Indigenous jurors and three non-Indigenous jurors. Uh, the chief coroner this time is not Clive Wayhill, but Robert Kennedy. He's a Saskatoon lawyer, so he's presiding over uh, the a five-day inquest. It's expected to last until Friday. Just before everything got started, um, Mr. Kennedy uh, sort of laid out the plan, what he expects uh, to happen, the expectations of the jurors that, you know, you need to make time for this. These are going to be very long days and that uh, you can't just get up and leave whenever you whenever you want to. We must have five jurors on uh, at all times. And anything less, uh, this can't go forward. So he made it very clear to all of them that this was a very important duty and uh, that they must remain there for the entire time. These, uh, began, everything began with, um, uh, a prayer, an indigenous prayer and some words of wisdom from an elder. And then the first witness, uh, the critical incident commander, his name is, uh, Superintendent uh, Devin Pugh. He was the first to testify.
0: So yesterday, you said the, the the Saskatoon Inn was packed, a lot of people there. You're getting a sense it's a lot of people that would have sat through the first inquest. Leadership, for example, from James Smith Cree Nation, I know were there. Who else is represented there watching this unfold?
1: There are lots of, as, as uh, Wally Burns, the chief of the James Smith Cree Nation, was there. Uh, there are lots of friends, lots of family members as well. Um, a San- Miles and Jamie Sanderson's and Damien Sanderson's family, I believe, was there. Uh, there were a lot of people who had a vested interest in finding out, uh, what exactly happened to Miles Sanderson, how it happened, when it happened, and, uh, and getting answers to the questions that they, they've been wondering about for, you know, the last, year and a half since the murders occurred so there are also representatives from james smith Nation from the wellness center uh and so forth you know they're to help um anybody who needed uh help as they we watched video or uh if they just if they needed assistance
0: senior reporter lara falmanoff joins us this morning so in the uh we heard a bit of testimony yesterday afternoon correct the rcmp on the stand uh walk us through what what you heard yesterday
1: Yesterday was basically what happened on the RCMP side. It, we went through a little bit, uh, a, sort of a, a review of what happened at the end of the first inquest, namely that uh, Miles Sanderson never left the Crystal Springs and Waka area, spent some time in the, in the forested areas, um, he had some blankets, he was stealing food and so forth that he remained there. What it, when it, with the new information we got was when he, He uh, stole the 2008 Chevy Avalanche from a woman in uh, the Waka area, broke into her home, stole her keys, stole the Chevy Avalanche, and took off in that. So the woman uh, whose vehicle he stole, she wasn't actually the person who called RCMP. It was a relative, a female relative of hers. And uh, we heard, you know, uh, dispatch trying to get a hold of the woman many, many times or several failed attempts before she answered the telephone. And the dispatcher can be saying, you know, this is the RCMP. Are you OK? And the woman, you know, with a really shaking voice says, no, I don't think so. And then you hear, you know, we're here to help you. Please tell us everything you know, that sort of thing. We then learned that Miles Sanderson went in that avalanche from there to the one hour, one Errol's First Nation, where he went to a, na- uh, a man named Robert Sanderson's home, no relation at all, uh, and he tried to get a ride to Saskatoon. He offered the man $250, said, I need to go to the city, and uh, can you take me? The man said, I don't have a vehicle, I'm sorry. And Miles Sanderson left, and he left in that avalanche. That man then called RCMP as well, said, and we heard the 911 tape saying you know, I think this is the killer. I'm I'm not lying to you. This is this is the killer. This is Miles Sanderson, and he provided some critical information to police, indicating that he was heading westbound, uh, that he was hitting on a on a highway that was um, near a river line. So, with that information, police were able to sort of create a dragnet and sort of uh, sort of encircle, get a better position on uh, Miles Sanderson, and also. The woman whose vehicle he stole, her cell phone was in that Chevy Avalanche. So our, the RCMP got permission from Saskatel to get cell phone tower pings to get an approximate location on where he might be.
0: Senior reporter Lara Fominoff, who is following the Miles Sanderson inquest happening all week this week in Saskatoon at the Saskatoon Inn. There was also uh, yesterday, I understand, some fairly compelling video that was shown.
1: Absolutely, I Evan. That video, uh, as a reporter, was absolutely not just captivating, but it was shocking. Um, there were three RCMP dash cam videos that were played simultaneously showing uh, the chase that occurred when uh, of Miles Anderson. So RCMP uh, managed to get a location on him. He was on Highway 312 near Rostern As he was exiting the Rostern area at an intersection, he kind of uh, went behind a, a gas station, and there was an unmarked uh, police vehicle right behind him and many others in the area as well. So at that point, Sanderson knew he was being followed and uh, dodged around a gas station across a grass median and then onto Highway 11. And he ended up going in, he ended up traveling southbound, but in the northbound lane. And that's where the video just became absolutely unbelievable. You could see um, through this dashcam video, you know, the police, one of the police officers saying, "This is dangerous." Um, you could hear the call saying, "You know, you, we need to ram this person, get him off the road by you know any means necessary," almost um, because the situation was so dangerous, and he was traveling at such high rates of speed. He was there were vehicles, about forty vehicles, he narrowly missed. And at one point, um, one officer says he's targeting in oncoming traffic and he is swerving all over the road to extreme shoulders into the middle of the road. And police just couldn't get close enough because there was oncoming traffic. What happened then was Miles crossed a grass median into the south down lanes. And that's where, uh, police, uh, I believe it was a constable, Heather Marshall, who was right behind, uh, Sanderson. And she, shortly after, just clipped the back of the vehicle, the avalanche, such that the avalanche went perpendicular to the front of her vehicle and then went into a ditch and kind of spun out on the ditch. Now, right after that, there were, there were tons of uh, police vehicles around, SUVs, so forth. What we see is uh, the Chevy avalanche sort of in some bushes. And the police are getting out of their vehicles, but Miles Sanderson is not. So there was about 10 seconds or so where Sanderson was in the vehicle and police were getting out and saying, get out of the vehicle, get out of the vehicle, and they have him completely surrounded, but nothing happened. So they have to approach the Chevy Avalanche. You know, their guns are drawn, they're crouched down low to the ground because they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if he's got a guns or weapons or what have you. Someone reaches over and pulls open the door to the avalanche and says, get out of the vehicle reno right now get out and he doesn't leave miles anderson does not get out of the vehicle on his own he is pulled from the vehicle by police and you can see the airbag has deployed um and they grab him and they pull him to the ground and say miles miles you are under arrest and as he's on the ground you can see the cuffs going on him but that is where the video stops
0: Laura, that's uh, a great recount of what you watched on the video. Laura Pomanoff, senior reporter for this radio station, uh, following the inquest of Miles Sanderson. So what is on the agenda for today? What will you hear in terms of testimony?
1: Today, we, I, now I don't know for sure, but according to the list of witnesses, there are five witnesses that are scheduled to testify today. I, I expect that we will learn how he died, what happened as police were pulling him up off the ground and he we know he goes into medical distress we know that he died officially died in saskatoon at royal university hospital at 4 39 pm but what you know how that all occurs what um happens in the meantime we haven't heard yet so there are five witnesses uh there's a detective sergeant ken kane from saskatoon police there's a pathologist who's testifying a medical lab technician also, the RCMP officer who I mentioned earlier, Heidi Marshall, who did the, it's called a pit maneuver. She's going to be testifying on that. And then uh, an RCMP officer who was pursued in attendance with Miles Sanderson to the hospital. So today, I expect that we will learn the information that many of us have been wondering. How did he die? What happened in the circumstances leading up to the death?
0: Laura, thanks so much. We will uh, check in with you again tomorrow morning. Thanks so much. Laura Fominoff, senior reporter for this radio station following the Miles Sanderson inquest happening all week in Saskatoon. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Appreciate Laura Fominoff joining us this morning. Senior reporter who is following the Miles Sanderson inquest that is happening in Saskatoon. Compelling testimony yesterday from the RCMP about the takedown. We heard about the pit maneuver where the RCMP, you know, that's a trained move by police to hit the back end of a vehicle, rendering it basically temporarily um, disoriented so police can actually stop the vehicle and get the driver out, which they were able to do. In this case, though, we know that shortly after Miles Sanderson was taken into custody, he went into medical distress. He was taken quickly to the hospital where he was pronounced deceased as Laura talked about today. We hope that maybe we will hear some conclusive evidence and details as to what happened there. And we'll continue to follow this through the week. Well, yesterday it was brought forward that the federal government is proposing an online harms bill. That's hoping to put a stop to some of the dangers that are online for children in our country. Some people are in favor. Some people are not here to help us break it down will be Michael Geist, the law professor from the University of Ottawa. We've talked with Michael before. He joins us next to step into this piece of legislation and give it a better understanding in terms of what it can do to protect our community. You're listening to 980-CJME and 650-CKOM.